episode of Fermented Adventure, the podcast is brought to you by Fermented Adventure. Dolan, we have merchandise. Yes, we do. How do people find our merchandise? They need to go onto our website at fermentedadventure.com and click on the apparel tab. So go to fermentedadventure.com and click on the apparel tab. And what will they find? They will find our Fermented Adventure, the podcast shirt, may contain alcohol, and we have a couple specials that we just did. Uh, Cerveza made me do it, and tequila made me do it. Now, this is perfect for spring break, Cinco de Mayo, or even the summer, and you'll look really cool, and you'll be able to say, hey, it wasn't me, it was tequila or cerveza that made me do it. Yes, that's true. We have different things. We have shirts, we have glasses. What are some of the other things we have in there? Women's stuff, men's stuff, tank tops. Tanks, tees, sweatshirts, pullover hoodies, you name it. You name it, we have it, and more to come, right? More to come. FermentedAdventure.com. Click on the apparel tab. Buy the merchandise. Cheers! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Shane, and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, F.A. Nation, let's meet our guest. He's Ben Wink. I'm Rich Shane, and this is Fermented Adventure, the podcast. We are joined again by Ben Wink of Plowman Cider. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, you were episode 39. So if people want to go back to episode 39 and listen to your story, how Plowman started all about Three Springs Farm, right? Mm-hmm. All right. They yeah, three, three Springs Fruit Farm. Yeah. That's three our Springs, family's business. Yep. Three Springs Fruit Farm. They can go check out the podcast, learn more. But where we are today is we did that podcast all the way back in September of 2020. And that was a long time ago. So catch us up with what's been going on with Plowman since that time. Sure. Well, we've uh, certainly been busy. Um, that was, you know, still kind of mid-pandemic there. Um, you know, we've we've kind of most recently reopened the tap room. It's actually where I'm joining you from here today uh, to include a, a small kitchen and a food menu. So kind of a tap room in its kind of fully realized state after many kind of starts and stops uh, due to COVID reasons uh, kind of reopened this past May. So we've got a good team in place here now and, um, you know, uh, a great place to really try everything that we make. Uh, probably the only place that you can really try everything that we make here at Plowman and um, got a little uh, menu of locally sourced food to go along with it. And now that it's summertime, we've got our outdoor patio open. We've got music in here every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, so that's been a big part of it. And yeah, I guess the other new thing, you've just given the, the circumstances being a little bit more improved from some other summers. We're kind of getting our 
our uh, festivals and events back in order. We've got a lot of fun places we'll be going uh, to pour cider all around uh, Pennsylvania here, including uh, the Cider Fest, which uh, takes place here in Adams County in June. Uh, but some other fun events uh, as far west as Pittsburgh, as far east as Philadelphia, all points in between. Uh, we're really excited that uh, the world has provided the opportunity for us to go back out into the field uh, and do some fun events and, uh, yeah, and have some have some fun this summer uh, uh, with uh, with uh, all of our all of our cider drinkers across the state. Talk about I mean, you mentioned Philly. You guys are still at Headhouse Square for the market down there. Yeah. So we uh, our farm is consistently there at the market every Sunday from uh, 10 to two. And, uh, we attend with the cider company every third Sunday. So yeah, cider, uh, cider company and the farm, very busy at farmer's markets, uh, for the whole of the summer. They're all up and running now. Uh, the farm is doing, uh, let me count it up now. I guess that'd be six farmer's markets a week. And, uh, the cider company has a, a different Saturday that we attend, on a rotational basis. So we're at four different markets once a month on Saturdays. And we also do a local market here on Wednesdays as well for the cider company. Share some of the ciders or some of the things that you've been working on since we talked. I mean, I watch on your social media feed, you're introducing new ciders quite often. Talk about some of them and uh, you know what you've been working on in the process. Sure. Uh, so uh, recently, we've been really excited to bring back Distal Funk. That's a really unique uh, product we make. It's uh, mostly wild fermented peach. And uh, uh, 2021 being such a, a great year for stone fruit uh, here in Adams County, across the mid-Atlantic as well, we had a, an excess of beautiful peaches that allowed us to process enough to, to get ahead of the curve and make sure we could make a, a beautiful bottling of Distal Funk, which is uh, just releasing now, actually, we've had it here on tap at the, at the tap room for a while, but those bottles are just now making it into the market. It's a great cider for folks who like Spanish styles and, and more, uh, you know, kind of farmhousey Belgian wild ales and Spanish style ciders. Uh, Distal Funk is, is definitely made with, uh, those kinds of folks in mind. Uh, our latest churchyard, I think is fantastic. That's one of my favorite ciders we make. And, its most recent bottling occurred uh, about two months ago. So uh, kind of uh, late winter, early spring uh, that has some barrel character to it for the first time that, that, that cider just keeps getting better each time we make it. And uh, uh, Dabinet Roxbury is the most recent release from our single varietal series. And uh, even though it's two apples, but it's, it's in the same spirit as the two variety, the single variety series. And uh, yeah, a blend of Dabinet and Roxbury Russet that also had some, some uh, great barrel character from some of the uh, French Armagnac barrels we're using in the cellar. Um, yeah, I would say that that Dabinet Roxbury and the churchyard that we've made are two of the favorite things that I've, I think we've made so far here at the cider company. So, um, and we've got some fun collabs coming down the way. We did a, a, a Nicaraguan inspired cider called Puro Pinolero that we uh, raised a bunch of money for project Gettysburg Leone. Uh, that was all during April. I've got uh, a fully packaged version of our collab with the cider Johns coming out really soon, which we're really excited. Uh, that'll be available at the cider fest as well. And, uh, yeah, uh, a couple other things that Edward and I were just talking about before uh, I got on the horn here with you that are, you know, kind of uh, fun future releases that should be coming around. 
uh, sometime uh, close to the end of July. So really a little preliminary to kind of pique our interest <laughs> and keep us interested. Now, you mentioned a number of ciders, and I know you have the cider club that you do. Yeah. How's that been going for you? Um, it's been great. It's been steadily growing. Uh, you know, it's uh, available for uh, drinkers in up to 40 different states, including the District of Columbia, where we can ship these products directly to your door. And um, yeah, that we're really excited. This, this next club shipment, uh, which will be the end of June, uh, as of right now, we'll have at least two uh, club only releases. In other words, like uh, ciders that, you know, you're going to maybe get at the tap room, but the only people outside of the tap room that'll get those products will be our cider club members. And one of them will be truly exclusive to the cider club. Uh, so those, those will be really fun to add to what we're doing. And we'll, we'll start throwing in some more archival releases too, like a couple old bottles of Stark and churchyard that people can add to their shares. And so it's really, it's, it's kind of for the, you know, for the, the, the most uh, dedicated and fervent of Plowman Cider drinkers, uh, you can join our Plowshare Cider Club and get access to, access to some cider that is uh, truly rare and very unique. And uh, we, we kind of save all of our, our uh, best stuff for the folks who are, are, are supporting us in that way. I think that's awesome. And I think that's exciting. And, you know, knowing that, you know, we're, we're listened to across the country and internationally, too, but one of the things I would say is, look, if you're listening out in California or Washington State, Oregon, a lot of the other cider producers out there, this is a great time. This is a great opportunity to try some ciders from here. Great ciders, high quality ciders. You've probably met and saw some of those people at CiderCon 2022. That's where we last saw each other going in many different directions. What was CiderCon? You know, what did that mean for you in terms of um, you know, you've been there before you're a well-established cidery. Now, what were some of your experiences? Well, we had a great time at CiderCon this year. I have a great time at, at every CiderCon, but this one in particular, I really thought that, uh, Richmond was a great host city. Uh, it's a great state for cider making. I got to, you know, uh, visit a, a few of my friends in the Virginia cider industry and, and stop by their places had a great experience with that. Had a great uh, tour downtown. Gary Flowers did an outstanding job with his pre-conference tour. Uh, we had a blast. Uh, the people, the food, the culture of Richmond was amazing. And it was great to see everybody again. You know, there's uh, a lot of these folks that we had, you know, it was it was an effective use of our time to do the virtual CiderCon last year. We, we learned a lot. Um, but it, it's not the same as, as meeting everyone in person and catching up and and, you know, just seeing what people are getting into and, and how their, their lives outside of cider have been and catching up with folks and um, tried some outstanding ciders from from all over the United States. And that's always good to kind of, you know, fuel your fire and kind of inspire you and think about uh, new things that, that might be good fits for what you're doing. And I uh, was very proud to see our Pennsylvania industry represented so well at Cider Share. We had a number of great uh, Pennsylvania cideries who attended and, and poured at that event. And um, always, always a wonderful thing. We can showcase uh, the best of our state at Cider Share uh, to the rest of our, uh, uh, you know, uh, industry. And yeah, yeah, I look forward to it every year and uh, did not disappoint this year for sure. Now, one of the things that really has resonated from a number of people I've spoken to is how much the, I think the grafting and how much 
orchard apples and cider apples. And I know you have the orchard there. Have you started to introduce some new apples, anything new since we spoke last that you've been planting? Yeah, Uh, very, very timely question. Uh, We had a number of trees that we bench grafted in the winter of 2020. Um, yeah, uh, fall of 2020, uh, we grew them in pots for a summer, uh, irrigated them, um, and we recently just uh, really Monday and Tuesday, the last two days as I'm speaking to you here today, uh, we're able to get those bench grafts out planted into the field, which doubled the size of our variety trial block. So we're now looking at 178 new cultivars in Adams County soil under our, you know, uh, unique microclimate to really study them for their potential insider uh, in pies at fresh market, uh, you know, going to farmer's markets, but 178 uh, different uh, cultivars that we're kind of keeping our eye on for right now. Uh, We've made some other plantings uh, since we've spoken with you last that are uh, a little bit larger, kind of more destined to uh, grocery stores and fresh market and farmer's market kind of plantings. But, um, I certainly have, and, and this is part of the reason you go to a place like CiderCon. When I, I had uh, a couple single varietal ciders from our friends at Albemarle Cider Works and, you know, really got me thinking about, you know, climate change, some of those traditional Southern, uh, cider varieties and what the potential for them might be here in, uh, Adams County. And, um, very excited that a few of those varieties are going to be fruiting from our first test block this year. So we'll get some actual evaluation for the first time on that fruit grown in our climate. And uh, we'll spend some time evaluating them. And then that'll you know, make a really nice informed decision on us as, for us as we continue to grow our, our acreage divided to cider apples. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an exciting thing. But it's, it's you know, having all those trial blocks and all those trees, it's a lot of work, but it's also, you know, it's really important information for us going forward. So I'm, I'm really glad we were able to get those trees in this week. That is tremendously exciting. We just had Man Off Market um, on the oh. podcast. And one of the things that we discussed on the podcast was about these single varietals. And the concept or the idea that really emerged was the single varietals for apple cider today are where wine and grapes were back in the early days of Napa in terms of think of the Chardonnay grape and how that really helped Napa, you know, put their, um, you know, flag in the wine world. Right. Do you think, do you, do you find, do you feel that you believe in where the cider market is? These single varietals are ready exploding now, but really when somebody comes into the cidery, do you think that they're going to start to direct themselves to a single varietal and not just say, hey, do you have a cider, but do you have and name the single varietal? We were talking about Gold Rush and you know how that seems to get a lot of play for its flexibility, uniqueness, character, where it can become a strong single varietal. I can come into the cidery and say, do you have a Gold Rush on tap? Do you have a Gold Rush in a bottle? Do you feel that those single varietals are ready and peaked? to do the same thing is, is a wine or a grape wood? I think they have the potential to do that. And uh, that is a really exciting thing um, for the cider industry. The fact that people are starting to pick up 
on specific varieties and, oh, well, I like this cider and it said it had this apple in it. They can find that same apple in a different cider at a different place and start start kind of building that knowledge base of that's informing their, their purchasing decisions. And for us, the way we think about our single varietal series, um, honestly, that's a lot of what we're thinking about is education. Um, like we love drinking single varietal ciders, but we also kind of at the same time do acknowledge that like blending can make a cider that's superior to some of its parts. However, in order to make sure that customers are thinking about the way cider is made, that's where I think a single varietal cider has an important role because it allows people to find an analog that they kind of already know about, like a single varietal Pinot Noir or a Chardonnay, like you're saying. And if they can start building this knowledge base of, of you know, oh, well, well, you know, this cider with this apple has these characteristics, which I like, or maybe these, these characteristics I, I, I like less. Um, when they start making more informed decisions, that's where cider, I think, can, can have the biggest impact and gain more inroads and find more drinkers, uh, you know, which, which is to say, like, putting those varieties on your packaging, in my opinion, is, is, uh, for anyone that's out there making cider is, is such an important step because, you know, that's going to inform and educate that next generation of, of consumers to better identify what they're looking for in a cider. And so uh, we love uh, drinking single varietals. We love blending ciders, but we love what making them informs to a customer, if that makes sense. I'll tell you, things haven't changed with you because when we first spoke, it was really about education. It was really about information. It wasn't just, well, you make great cider. You make phenomenal cider, but that's the discussion. That's the inroad to the discussion of, let's talk about the history of apples and cider and the process and what all these different apples do and mean. And as you talked about blending and single varietals, Nothing's changed on that regard, has it? <laughs> no, and and that's uh, quite honestly, I always kind of uh, joke around. Education is is in a lot of ways in my family the second family business, uh, mostly on my mother's side. Uh, my uncle, my mom, my aunt uh, were all educators, and so that that part kind of comes naturally, as as does the agricultural side of things. But you know, that's. Uh, your best consumer is always going to be your, your educated consumer. And um, especially when, you know, we work so hard to put all of this uh, nuance and terroir and choosing apples uh, intentionally and carefully and harvesting them and pressing them with the same care and intention. Like, uh, you know, if, if you're going to go through all that trouble, you might as well make sure that as much of that is going to be attached to the product as what it can. Because it's one thing if, if you were sitting at my bar here at the tap room and I could sit down and explain all these to you as we're going through a couple ciders and trying a couple things. But in the marketplace, I have to create packages that tell that educational story in as well as they can with no one else present. and. So to me, that's where single varietal ciders and, and listing those, those cultivars on each package is so important because 
I'm not always going to be there to, to go through the details or, uh, you know, any of our uh, great tap room associates here behind the bar. Like they're all very good at talking through how these products are made and what makes them unique. Uh, but if you're not here at the tap room, you're out in the field, uh, you're out in the marketplace, you're at a bar or restaurant or picking a four pack up at a distributor, you know, those products need to, to kind of speak for themselves. And, um, you know, I think, you know, listing those varieties and having single variety of ciders is, it's hopefully changing the way people think about those products. All right. Let's talk about where you're going to be, where you can educate, you can talk to the consumer and that's going to be Cider Fest PA. And that's coming up on June 11th in all, all places, Gettysburg, right? That's correct. So talk about that. This is not the first one. This has been going on for a few years, but I get a sense based on the groundswell of enthusiasm that this is really something that a lot of people are now looking forward to. Uh, I think especially coming out of pandemic, but more so that this is the where cider is. People are now, hey, there's a cider fest. Let's go to the cider fest, just as people are doing with beer festivals. Yeah, which is incredibly exciting and this uh this festival specifically um uh it's it just has this history of of just being beautiful engaging you know well attended um and it's it's always you know just in-state producers from all over the commonwealth of pennsylvania uh there's there's you know none of the big national type of uh ciders available it's it's very specifically and intentionally Pennsylvania, very specifically small producer based. And it's hosted right here in Adams County, which is, you know, the, the fifth largest apple producing county in the United States, uh, home to about 9 billion bushels of apples annually. And to, to have uh, such a great cider event here within uh, Adams County in the South Mountain region of Pennsylvania that's known for apples, it's a perfect fit. Uh, these, uh, the last one that we had was held at a different venue in 2019. It was, a essentially a turn people away sellout. Um, and, uh, the new venue, which is going to be at, uh, Mail, uh Jack's, which is so Mela kitchen just outside of the, uh, the outlets, uh, off of 97 in, um, in Gettysburg, you know, it, it has a uh, potential for this event to even grow a little bit more, there's more room to expand, close proximity to, to walkable hotels for folks. So, um, you know, we're very eager to, to welcome everybody back to Adams County and uh, and provide a great experience in Adams County around cider. That's that's the name of the game for us. And of course, don't forget, your tap room is going to be open. So even after the Cider Fest ends at four o'clock, you can head down to uh, the, the square, the it's a circle square. I'm still sure not yeah. having it's it's still I, I call it the square. I call it the circle. I think it's called the square, right? Yeah, yeah. Colloquially the square. It is a roundabout, um, <laughs> which is is uh easier for some uh drivers to navigate than others, but just take your time. It makes sense once you once you get there. Uh but yeah, uh, we have uh you know, I I actually would encourage folks uh, you know, make a weekend of it. Uh there's you know, uh great uh hotel accommodations available. I know we have one, we, we've been doing a summer concert series at the national Apple museum in Biglerville. So Friday night, one of the best bands in, in the region uh, is going to be posted up at the Apple museum. You can go tour the Apple museum, hear a great concert, enjoy some cider on Friday night, hang out for the festival. Uh, our tap room will we'll be pouring uh, guest ciders from some of our favorite 
friends and producers around the state uh, for that weekend. So you'll be able to not only get everything that we make here, but some other great, incredible guest ciders as well for the whole weekend uh, at the tap room. And yeah, you know, make a, make a weekend of it. There's, there's incredible opportunities for, you know, not only, you know, history-based tourism, but, you know, you go a little bit north of Adams County, you can get into some great, you know, hiking trails, mountain biking, uh, you know, kayaks, Fuller Lake, Laurel Lake, Appalachian Trail. Uh, there's a, there's a lot that our area has to offer for a, a really lovely weekend vacation. And we can't wait to, to welcome everybody here. You are the number one Adams County tourism ambassador. I mean, you, but you love the area and you're from the area and you want to see and have people appreciate it for the same reason you do. Right. For sure. And, and, you know, you, you referenced Napa earlier. I'll tell you a very brief story. Um, when you're growing up in an area like this, sometimes you can get swept up in the, Oh, well, you know, you, you don't too far in the forest to see the trees. Maybe we'll say. And okay. One of the, one of the last family vacations we made was to, to Napa Valley. And I was just struck by how beautiful all the, the rolling cascading hillsides that are just littered with, with beautiful grapevines. It was just such a, a visually striking thing. And I came home the next weekend and was driving my car back from band practice and a moonlit night. And I just realized I'm like, we have the same thing here. Northern Adams County is, is the very, very same visual. It's just apple trees and instead of grapevines, but the beautiful rolling hillsides filled with agriculture and the great products that those, uh, that those uh, farmers are creating. It's, it's a really, really fun place to visit. It is a great place to visit. We can't wait to see you on the June 11th, right? We can't wait June to 11th. see you on June 11th. Uh, the uh, Cider Fest runs from 12 to 4. You can go online and get your tickets. Um, I don't know if the code still works, but there's a code for Cider Fan for $5 off if you do that. As you mentioned, it's at the outlet shops at, at Gettysburg. But I think more importantly, plan the weekend. You listed quite a few things that sound very exciting, not only for the cider lover, but you've got those that love apples, those that love music. And downtown Gettysburg, if you've never been, this is the perfect weekend probably to do so. Lots of shops, lots of restaurants, great restaurants and uh, visit the tap room on the circle square. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're here for you. You know, we, we would, we would love to, to, to see and share some, some unique ciders with you. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 we're, we're just so honored to have this uh, festival in Adams County. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's such a, a good fit with uh, the apples we produce here and, um, and plenty of other cideries here in, in Gettysburg. I was going to well. say you, that there's brewery cideries. Um, you've got uh, a distillery not too yeah, far. Mason I mean, Dixon. Yeah, Mason Dixon. They would love to see you. They have a great restaurant there, too. So there's there's so much to do. Plan the weekend. Make it a week. Hey, stay a month, right? <laughs> <laughs> We've got room for you. However, however long you'd like to stay with us. Oh, yeah. And by the way, there's a battlefield there. Uh, once hollow ground. Um, all those things yeah. that Lincoln spoke about. Yep. hundred percent. And, you know, there's, uh, you know, great self-guided tours, the, the tour guides they hire here in Gettysburg to do personalized tours, uh, the, the tests and the, the, the stuff they have to go through to be an officially licensed battlefield guide is, is very rigorous. And, and there's no way you could come here and have a, a, a battlefield tour and, and, and not be anything other than impressed. It's, they do a great job. 
Ben, I'm always impressed with you. I'm always, I love talking to you. We could, we could spend days talking. I know you're busy. You've got more cider to make and apples to grow and all those things. Thanks for being a great friend of Fermented Adventure in the podcast. We can't wait. Again, I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready to pack my bags and come out for this event, but we can't wait to see you over the weekend on June 11th. Okay. Wonderful. And, and thank you for everything you folks do uh, championing small producers like this. It really, it really means a lot to all of us and we appreciate it. You're not just a small producer. You're big on flavor, big on character and big on, <laughs> big on history and information. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Thanks, Ben. All right. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers.